When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Joining us is former all-white Noel Barclay. G'day, Noel. How are you? Very well, Ricardo. You sound a bit um, throaty there. You lost your voice. Um, to be honest, I have my first show back for... Uh, since Wednesday, and then I was off the week before that. I've, uh, I thought I had the vid, mate, but uh, everything's negative. So, but I've had some sort of virus or flu or something. So I've been a bit, been a bit oh. crook, mate. Been a bit crook, but not, I'm back on top. Good man. Yeah, <laughs> good man. Yeah, yeah, back on top, mate. Hey, we should uh, uh, before we get into the Premier League, we should talk uh, Chatham Cup semi-finals. Uh, Eastern Suburbs beating Hamilton Wanderers yesterday, and Auckland City uh, putting Wellington Olympic away today, three-one as well. So, uh, an Auckland, all Auckland Chatham Cup final. Yeah, but a bit of a shame, really. I mean, the best two teams probably were Olympic and, and, and Auckland. That would have made a better final. I, I saw that. I watched the stream yesterday and and uh, did see the semi-final live uh, with Eastern Suburb. They were pretty average, had a pretty average season. Um, probably a bit lucky to get in there. Um, but, yeah, look, all Auckland final. Uh, I think the same with the girls, with the, with the Kate Shepherd. So, and uh, no doubt that'll all be up at North Harbour at some point. So yeah, but but often they just look too, it's just too good for everybody, really, don't they? Yeah, they do. Well, and that's the weird thing too, is because the Chatham Cup's got different rules to the uh, to the National League in that there's no foreigner um, cap, so you can you know you, you don't have to have what is it? You can only have three imports in the league, but in the in the cup, I don't think there's any uh, any. No, sort of limit. no, there's not. You're right, and and it actually helped Waiheke because they had 11 Argentinians playing in the in the quarterfinal, as opposed to them only allowed four in um, other other um, you know um, league games. So yeah, a bit, a bit odd, but it certainly helps Auckland City as well because they got you know got plenty plenty of imports in there too. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're just too good. Too good. I mean, suburbs have got uh, quite a few decent young young uh, players coming through, and they managed to keep hold of. Calvin Carlua too, which is a bit of a surprise. I thought he would have been off overseas. Yeah, especially sort of, you know, getting a run out in World Cup qualifiers and stuff like that. Um, but I guess, you know, now's, now's the time. It's a it's, it's shut window with the Chatham Cup final. And uh, hopefully, you know, I mean, with the European football only just sort of starting off, hopefully, um, you know, people will be trying to get him out there. Like people like Danny and stuff will be trying to get him contracts because, they, I mean, they're in the frame, aren't they? I mean, um, he's a young kid and um, he looks like he's got a bit of future. Well, I think the Phoenix could probably do with another with another fullback too, couldn't they? And uh, he'd be a Kiwi kid. I know they had Jack Henry Sinclair on on trial. He didn't he didn't cut the mustard, but uh, Kalua might be worth a look. Yeah, a little bit disappointed about Sinclair missing out there. To me, he's probably the best footballer attacking wise in the in the current national league program. So I'm um, not quite sure. Maybe he didn't he didn't go well there and. Uh, but you know things can change, and uh, you know they said Roy Krishna wasn't good, good enough for the Phoenix, and and uh, look at him, you know. So uh, you, you never know how the future might turn out for young Jack. Yeah, we'll have to see, mate. We'll have to see. Let's talk uh, Premier League now. Um, we're into the third round. Spurs uh, started with a one-nil win over Wolves. They seem to have problems with Wolves, don't they? 
Spurs, uh, but they did get the win in the end, and I think even Perisic showed just how important he he could be. What a good signing he could be. Yeah, look, they were a bit lucky in that game, I have to say. I mean, Wolves battered them in the first half and had all the chances, and uh, and um, yeah, I mean, Spurs obviously had a better second half, um, but uh, yeah, got the win, um, and I guess that's the difference between a Conte team and a Jose Mourinho team from before. So Conte just seems to be able to grit out results a little bit, like last week they got outplayed by Chelsea, got a point in 96 minutes, and I guess that's the difference, you know, with uh, somebody like him. He just has a very disciplined approach, and and um, Harry Kane, as you would expect, nets the winner in, the, in a game that um, ruled for a bit unlucky. I mean, they probably could have won that game on another day. Yeah, they they are a team that really looks like they're under. Uh, I mean, I know Raul Jimenez was on the bench, uh, but they, they look short of goals across the pitch. Yeah, there are plenty of chances. And, um, you know, the young lad up top, didn't, he had a couple of really good chances, him and his headers and stuff like that. Jimenez, of course, you know, he hasn't really been the same since um, that horrific head injury he got early early last year and um, well, was at the end of the year before. But, um, yeah, they need to get him back on. But, yeah, I think they're safe. They're good enough. They just seem to have enough depth in midfield. I mean, the Nevis and, and also the, the the lad that just signed out of Portugal, he looks it looks tidy and they've spent a bit of money. So you know, they're planning to be around. Yeah, they'll be around all right. Uh, Palace beat Villa 3-1. Starting to be a few question marks over Stephen Gerrard's uh, managerial ability. I saw somebody... Um, put up his coaching record versus Gary Neville's coaching record at Valencia and they're almost identical at, uh, from the Villa, the Villa numbers to the Valencia numbers. Yeah, and, and he's well behind Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well, uh, I might add. But um, yeah, it's a funny game, that one, because I, I, you have, I felt a bit sorry for Villa. Um, I mean, the penalty that um, that they got, um, I, mean, I just thought it was her, one of those things that VAR just should have stayed out of. Um, the handball didn't really affect... Um, you know the header and didn't it didn't really change the dynamic of the of the attempt on goal. Um, it was completely accidental. It didn't affect anything. Um, was it interfering with play? Probably, but it was just a common sense one, just not to give. And um, of course, the penalty changed the game because Villa had to go for it, and then obviously got opened up at the end. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did listen to Stevie G's response on that, and and he certainly agreed with me. Uh, as you can imagine, but I thought it was a bit hard done by um, after they had a good start, cracking goal by uh, Watkins, absolute cracker of a goal. Um, yeah, and and yeah, question marks because they've spent the money and it still looks like they're going to try and sign the lad Sar from Watford. Um, so they're not giving up. They're definitely spending the cash. So he's going to have to start winning sooner or later. Um, again, I think they're fine, but I think they're expecting to be better than fine. I think mm. they're definitely looking to. Be you know and pushing for European spots, and they they obviously are way off at the minute. Yeah, way off. Actually, if you Patrick Vieira or Steven Gerrard, you'd be concerned as a, as a manager with both the opening goals because they were straight through the middle of the team, just completely opened up both times. Yeah, just one one touch football. But in, 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 in many respects, the, the Palace one was worse because it was, it was just like a big hoof forward and. Uh, and obviously, you know, Saha's on the way through, and and um, he's he's got legs, and he's sort of almost identical goal like he did against Liverpool last weekend. So um, I like I like Vieira. He's got the Palace who aren't particularly flash to watch. He's got them being very effective. They do pass the ball around well, and um, they're they're you know when you think about what they were like two three years ago with Hudson, where they were scrambling around to get points in the odd home win. They they're going to be safe as houses. Nobody's talking about them being in the bottom three, and um, 
yeah, and good, you know, after getting a good point at Liverpool, could have won that game. Um, and um, there they are sitting up the top. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Vieira has done a great job. Last season, after they, they had something like 19 players out of contract and they were changing manager and going from Roy Hodgson style, it was obviously going to change under Patrick Vieira. I had them down as relegation candidates last season, but they weren't even close to it. He's done a great job turning that team around because there have been other managers who have got higher pedigrees who have gone into Palace to try and change that and they've lasted five games and got the sack. And not, and not only that, he, he, it's not like he spent he spent a lot of money either. You know what I mean? He hasn't, you know, he's got a limited budget. Um, he hasn't really got anybody to sell to create funds. So yeah, he's picked up he's picked up bargains and he's used as you know he's obviously got a good scouting network, and um, you know they're 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 hard to beat. And um, you know they're f- financially a sustainable club, unlike many others who are just you know throwing money at it uh, to try and be somewhere. We also saw Everton draw one all with Forest. Um, Forest have they lost nineteen players in the off season? Uh, have signed sixteen. Uh, they've they've spent a bit of money and they they look like they've signed some decent players as well. It's just going to take time for them to gel. I thought they probably deserved the win against Everton, who under Frank Lampard look a bit directionless, a bit toothless, and always suspect at the back. Um. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Forest were the better, definitely the better team in that game. Uh, missed some chances, um, and um, again, horrific defending um, on, on Forest's point of view. The, you know, given that goal away at the end, it was just a, a long kick up field, and and um, some of you straight through. Incredible that it can actually can happen at that level in football. But um, yeah, look, I like Forest. Um, they definitely they spent what over a hundred million, hundred twenty million, um, Everton. Are the only did I did I hear that they're the only club that hasn't signed an outfield player? And uh, looks like they might use the, lose the lad to Chelsea. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so that's it's a bit of a loss. Uh, he's obviously a bit of a talent. So I'm not quite sure what they do. Obviously, they've got a couple of injuries um, that that's causing them problems. I would say they're a real, uh, definitely a real threat for for relegation. It's sort of, yeah, I mean, they, they, they would be the. One of the big clubs that I would say would be, I'd be quite concerned about. Yeah, uh, I think it's Leicester that haven't signed an outfield player. Uh, Everton have, they have signed a couple of midfielders. But he, so the thing with Frank, it seems to be the one place that Everton don't seem to need personnel is midfielders, and he signed two midfielders. But they don't have anybody up front. They haven't find, signed a striker. It seems weird. Of that noise, um, yeah. Well, I mean, losing Calvin Lewis, um, you know, he, who, you know, arguably a 50 million, 60 million pound striker, um, um, through injury, and then with Carlison, who's you know, sort of trying to find his way in at Spurs, I mean, a massive loss. And I mean, Rondon's been around for donkey's years, so look, I, I just I mean, I think Frank will do a good, honest job there, but in the end, I think he's short of talent, and that they would be expecting to beat Nottingham Forest. Um, being promoted, um, but you know they've invested and, and Everton haven't really done that, so I'm not totally surprised. Uh, Marco Silva's done a fantastic job with Fulham, hasn't he? I mean, last time they came up, uh, Marco, uh, that they couldn't they couldn't get goals uh, going, but uh, that doesn't seem to be a problem now. They drew two all with Liverpool first game up. Mitrovic missed a penalty last week against Wolves, which would have given them a win, and they did get a win against Brentford this weekend. Uh, they were two 0 up, ended up. Uh, winning three two and uh, Fulham now in the top half of the well in the top four of the Premiership. Well, I think Brentford aren't far behind them, are they? Because they've had, they've had a win and a draw, so I think they're on four as well. So look, that was a cracking game actually. 
um, something about those games at Craven Cottage where it's nice and tight and you know the game's sort of end to end and explosive and um, two teams that were really evenly matched. Brentford two 0 down, came back into the game, could have been ahead with a disallowed goal through very marginal VAR call again and um, and Mitrovic who sort of was under a bit of a cloud, he couldn't get a game and. Um, for Fulham last time around uh, on the bench, and uh, he started unbelievably well. He looks he looks big and strong and mobile and and everything like he didn't look like sort of two or three years ago. So um, great start from them. Um, Silva's a good coach. He had a bad time at Everton, um, but he's obviously rebuilt his sort of psyche. And um, yeah, they're uh, they're certainly one of the promoted teams that look probably the safest at this point. Yeah, they uh, they look pretty good, all right. Uh, Leicester lost one two uh, one at home to Southampton. They took the lead one 0 in that one. Uh, where are you on Brendan Rodgers? Because he he seems a bit lost. They've not signed anyone as you mentioned, but that's because they do have such a big squad. I think they need to get rid before they can bring in. But he doesn't want to get rid of Wesley Fofana, and he was asked about that in the lead up to the game uh, about what's going to happen in the transfer window. He said he had no idea, which suggests someone else is running the cutter for him, and they've now. Uh, you know, haven't had a great start to the season. They've uh, one point from three games. Yeah, and, and also he was asked the very strict questions about Tillman, Tillemans and Fafana, one on the bench, one on the stand, in, in a game that they needed to win. And he just said, look, it's a tough time for the club. You know, the, the club's trying to balance its books. So clearly there's there's a, a question of sustainability, financial sustainability there that he's having to adhere to and he won't like that at all. I mean, he's gone to that club, that club where, you know, Premier League, FA Cup with him and pushing and pushing for big time and now they, they I'm a bit worried about Leicester and uh, to be fair, I, I think they're struggling um, and if they do use those two players which is seemingly likely um, and I'm not quite sure how Fafan is worth 80 million um, but I guess, you know, Would, would you have him or Harry Maguire? Because Harry Maguire was worth 80 million. <laughs> Yeah, I, like yeah, I haven't seen enough of them. You know, I don't think any any centre back in, in England's worth eighty million. You know, um, but you know he's young and he's a, he's a, he's an international and you know he's got time to grow. But um, it looks like they're going to sell him and um, balance the books. And, and I would I would think Madison to Newcastle's a possibility. Tillemans to Arsenal, although Arsenal might not need him. And um, they have an aging squad. You know, with Rolando and Jimmy Vardy. Up top, so so, yeah, they they, they worry me, um, Leicester. I sort of sort of see them uh, as not really pushing on and being a European hopeful. I see them more mid table, which is a bit of a shame, really, because Brendan's a good manager, um, but he needs to be able to go and compete with the big clubs by spending the money, and then clearly that's not going to be a case. No, it's not. Uh, so we'll wait and see. You mentioned Arsenal; uh, they've been linked with Tielemans since. I think last season, uh, they won 3-0 today at Bournemouth, their top of the table. First time since the invincible season that Arsenal have started three from three. Isn't it weird? I don't know if you've been watching um, um, the documentary um, about um, uh, Arsenal and um, um, Mikel Arteta seems to be an absolute gem in there. And they struggled last year. Um, but he, the, the stuff that he's coming out with, and the stuff that he's saying, and the sort of motivation that he's putting around the squad, and and the culture that he's building there is is quite dramatic. And I think the results that they've started with, along with spending uh, best part of 150 million um, on good players and getting rid of you know average players, is certainly massively visible. You know, Bournemouth aren't a, aren't a strength, 
but they're always tough to beat at home. And um, you know, Arsenal just ran all over them today. Could have been, could have been six. Um, and uh, it, like they just looked a bit. Um, Gabriel Jesus looks just out of this world again. He was involved in everything. And um, Arsenal look a danger. You know, it's uh, they. It is Arsenal, so we always know that there's going to be a few blips along the way. But my goodness, getting away to nine points. You know, it looks like you know Chelsea got tough games tomorrow. Um, Man City got a tough game. Liverpool <laughs> have got a game. Not sure how tough it'll be. So those big teams could lose points again. And uh, you know, Arsenal could get a, a bit of a run on everybody. So I think they're they're absolutely in that top four argument. Yeah, well, better than the start they had last season when they were no points off three games. Uh, certainly completely reversed that. So let's have a look at those games tomorrow that you mentioned. Leeds uh, at home to Chelsea. Chelsea have struggled for goals a bit this season. Obviously, Timo Werner's gone out the team. Raheem Sterling's not really a nine. They're trying to play Kai Havertz as that nine. Um, I'm not sure how that's working or if they're going to pick anyone else up in the window or are they just you know, bringing the kid Brozier that was on loan at um, Southampton last season to play that role? Oh, I think like at a Bamiyang. Um, I'm not so sure that's clever because it's just, you know, it just looks like Lukaku, Havertz, Werner. It just looks like they're sort of trying to get somebody who has been good in the day, but you know, Bamiang, you know, he, he had a, obviously had a good time at Barcelona last year, but you know, he, he wants to play. Um so it looks and he's he's chums with um Tuchel. So yeah, I I, I think we'll get him. I think they need him. Um even if he just stands up there and gets on the end of stuff, you know, they got enough talent and they got such strong midfield and so much depth out wide that then um, you couldn't help but score goals for, for Chelsea. So I think Abamiang is a um is a you know they, you know Barcelona want them off the wages and they want a bit of money and that'll help them with their other problems. So I, I would imagine that he'll get there. But yeah, they don't look they don't look perfect at the minute. And they're spending a fortune, right? So you know, you think of what they've with Kulabali and, and um Fafana if they get him, it's um big big money. Yeah, massive money. Uh the Chelsea are favourites a dollar fifty three, Leeds five fifty, the draw four twenty, Brighton uh, visit West Ham, who, uh, like Manchester United, are without a point so far after two games. Uh, Brighton have looked pretty good. They're pretty tight. Uh, they're, they're hard to play against, hard to score against. But they're $3 outsiders in this. The draw, 3.30, and West Ham, 2.30. What do you reckon? Um, I'm going for West Ham because West Ham have to win. You know, they had a they had a good win in, in, in the Europa League during the week, or Conference League during the week. Um, and they, they have to win. I mean, uh, Brighton have got some points, and um, I'm not saying that'll make them any less hungry, but West Ham can't afford to lose three in a row uh, and get detached. Um, so I think that they, they, they will win at home. Um, it's a must-win game, and um, otherwise they find themselves, you know, in, in, in absolute, you know, trouble uh, from a mentality perspective. I, I think they'll get by, and, and unfortunately, despite Brighton's good start. I think we're going to be in the end of a, a loss tomorrow. Night. West Ham's a good bet. Yeah, and uh, just before we let you go, mate, Manchester City, $1.33 against Newcastle, $8 the draw, fives. Erling Haaland's the difference, isn't he? Yeah, but, yeah, but a draw at fives is very attractive. Um, you know, St. James's Park, you know, they're better. Um, City have been a bit, you know, they, look, they've been a little bit hot and cold. Haaland has also been a bit hot and cold and out of the game. They haven't quite worked out how to play him. At this point, um, look, I can see them definitely winning, um, but boy, good value in the draw at $5, and uh, I wouldn't mind a bit of that. Yeah, all right, Noel, good stuff, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. Uh, Enjoy those games tomorrow morning. We'll catch up with you soon, eh?
Looking forward to it. Cheers. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.